Let's kick off 2020 with a series of experts to help you organize to meet the top four New Year's resolutions. Today, we talk with professional organizers Kelly Butler and Lori Cella all about organizing yourself to get organized. Welcome to Cocktails in Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host, who needs a little wine to go with her kids' wine, Christy Lingo. Hello and welcome to 2020 and Season 5 of Cocktails and Containers. I am such a sucker for the new year. I just love the idea of refreshing and renewing and getting the chance to try something new or reinvest in something old. And I know many of you out there like to set goals for the new year too. Whether you're listening to this in January or July, I've got a great series of experts coming up that will help you organize yourself to have greater success when it comes to getting organized, working out, getting out of debt, and eating healthier. Because getting organized doesn't just relate to your stuff. Think of that old adage, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. We are going to give you tips to help you plan your success and stay motivated no matter what it is that you would like to do in 2020. And before we roll into that series, I want to say welcome and happy 2020 to everyone who is new and returning to the Cocktails and Containers family. My name is Christy Lingo, and I am a mom organizing expert, professional organizer, and mom to two boys who wants to help you organize and simplify your family life so you can do more of what you love with who you love. When I started this podcast 70 episodes ago, I wanted to find a way to spread the organizing and simplifying love to as many mamas as possible. And boy, is that happening. We just keep growing and growing, so much so that what started as an extension of my organizing business has taken on a life of its own, and now I'm excited to announce its own special place on the interweb. Yes, mamas, I am excited to announce that all past and future episodes of Cocktails and Containers are now available on their very own website, cocktailsandcontainers.com. We worked very diligently over our holiday break to transfer everything over, and I'm excited that all of this organizing goodness is now housed in one place. And that is not all I have in store for this community to help you continue to organize and simplify in 2020. Stay tuned for next week's episode when I'll have another big announcement that can help you to stay on task to meet your goals in 2020. And of course, enjoy some delicious cocktail recipes along the way. Here's a little about today's guests before we get into our conversation. Lori Cella founded Time for Organizing as a way to combine her lifelong passion for organizing with a deep desire to help others. She's a mom of three who enjoys traveling, spending time with family, and cooking. Kelly Butler is the owner of The Joyful Sort, mother of boys, donut aficionado, occasional yogi, and of course, lover of all things organized. In fact, for her 12th birthday, Kelly received a closet organization system as a gift. 
Both Lori and Kelly are from around the Columbus, Ohio area where I live, which makes it super fun because we can get together in person and discuss all the organizing things and drink all the cocktails together. And I'll be sure to link to last year's season two premiere when the three of us got together to discuss their tips for setting and meeting goals. And you can find that in my new show notes at podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com. So let's get into my chat with Kelly and Lori all about getting organized to get organized. Alrighty, we are back with Lori Cella and Kelly Butler, and we are going to talk about getting organized to get organized in 2020. And Lori and Kelly joined me last year for the first episode of 2019, and I figured it was a great way to kick off 2020 to have them back. So thank you for coming back, ladies. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. I do ply them with cocktails, so that's always helpful. <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> They're like, we, we just wanted the cocktails, though. But I, I want to kick off, before we even get to the cocktail recipe today, since we did talk about goal setting with our last year's conversation, I want to just check in with you guys, you professional organizing people, and see how we did. So, Lori, last year you said your word was curate. You were going to work on really curating a very intentional lifestyle for you, and that also you wanted to try to do a Shutterfly book every month for the Uh year. (laughs) Uh-huh. How'd you do on that? I think not as bad, but not as good as I had uh, wanted, obviously. You know, the curating part worked really well. I think we were very intentional with our travel, with our family time. Uh, And when I say intentional, it was really hard to leave professional engagements, you know, work and other commitments and just focus on us and connecting with our families back home. So that was very important. Now, the shutterfly part, because it's the funny thing. (laughs) I started out really strong those first few months of the year. And then it completely did not happen. <laughs> then I regrouped back in December. So I finished strong. But uh, we're going to give it a go this year again. I think that that's Probably. great. And I think that it's great for people to hear that even though sort of organizers get this it's like type A, we get it all done, cross everything off our to-do list. We're human. And, you know. We just keep trying. We just keep trying. What about you, Kelly? You were supposed to be more intentional mm-hmm. with the time that you spent in your business yes. since you kind of had an idea of what what you needed to do and where you need yeah. to focus your time. No, I'm actually pretty proud of, of how I did last year. Um, there was definitely still a fair amount of, of winging it <laughs> at times, I would say. But um, <laughs> I got kind of into time blocking, which was really helpful for me as far as like, okay, this is when I'm going to answer emails and this is my day to do consultations. And then leaving actually a buffer day for just life stuff more like on my personal level and things like that and it's a day that my kids are in school which is kind of nice because I can catch up while they're gone but and then on the weekends we can have family time and not be worrying about like grocery shopping and doing the cleaning or whatever else needs to get done and I can still feel like I'm managing so yeah I love those found moments when the kids aren't around because you don't realize either whether it's like work work or if it's like making a grocery list Mm -hmm. or trying to clean the house like those little interruptions that you get can like sidetrack you or like the kid asks you to come do Legos and next thing you know you forgot that the vacuum cleaner is sitting in the living room or something like that so that's that's really awesome that you were able to sort of really 
find those blocks of time, build in the margin mm -hmm. that I, Lori Palau uses that term and I love that, that mm -hmm. idea of having that buffer so that you're not always just like rushing from one right. thing to the yeah, other. Exactly. So, and then for me, full disclosure, <laughs> my, my goal was self-care. My word for the year was me. I feel like, like Lori, I did really, really good for like the first nine months and then... Hey, nine's good. Yeah. <laughs> and then round about September, I had, you know, some things that happened in like my personal slash business life that were a little complicated and then I hurt my neck and then I got sick. I did not finish the year strong, <laughs> but... It is the beginning of 2020. We're starting fresh. I'm really focusing on um, myself this year. In fact, my word for this year is going to be focus. I Love that. realize that I'm very scattered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a like spaz sometimes, but I feel like one thing that I really noticed when I was trying to do too many things last year, you know, trying to do the self-care and have a business and launch a second business and all this kind of stuff is I don't, I'm not very good at like focusing and staying on task. Mm -hmm. Like I jump and I jump and I jump. Um, so maybe it's my, too much at once. It is too yeah. much. So I'm really honing in on priorities and focusing on the things that are going to feed me, help move my business forward mm -hmm. and sort of like really parsing out anything that doesn't kind of fit that. So, um, yeah, hey, so that's... Good luck to us. <laughs> All right, so now the good stuff, the fun stuff. Uh, let's talk about today's cocktail, which we are sipping on a spiked Mexican hot chocolate. So this is a good little blend of tequila and a little bit of cayenne in there. And how you're going to make it is you take a quarter to a third of a cup of cocoa powder, a little bit of cayenne, depending on how much you like. I did like two shakes, but you could do a little less or a little more. Uh, half a teaspoon of cinnamon and a half a cup of water. You mix all of that in a medium saucepan and just kind of let it melt so that it all gets together. And then you add three tablespoons of either agave nectar or powdered sugar and 10 ounces of whole milk and then you just let that all warm till it not till it boils but until it sort of simmers a little bit and it's nice and warm while that's getting ready you add one ounce of tequila to it, your cup that you're going to use and I used reposada tequila which is like the the golden colored tequila and the reason I did it it's aged in a barrel so it's got a little bit more of like a rich flavor to it which I thought would be really good with the Mexican hot chocolate but if you only have the silver tequila you know that would work too but I like the reposada tequila in this so once you've got that mixture that's on the stove warmed up you pour that into your glass top it off with a little bit of whipped cream and sprinkle with a little bit of cinnamon and there you've got your spiked Mexican hot chocolate and I think the reviews are pretty positive here. oh yes it's delicious Please. <laughs> Lori needs another one already <laughs> I'm working on it really I've got a whole bottle of tequila here so <laughs> So of course you can grab this recipe and any of the recipes that we do here on Cocktails and Containers at the new website, which is podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com. And so we are going to chat organizing to get organized today. And one thing that I know is like people like to say, I'm going to get organized in the new mm -hmm. year, but it's such a blanket statement. I even think last year, Lori, you said something about it's like too big of and broad of a goal. You need to be more mm -hmm. specific. So 
Kelly, when somebody says, I'm going to get organized in 2020, what is the first sort of step that you recommend to them for that? Um, I think I would actually just echo a lot of what Lori said last year. I think that, I mean, whether it's getting organized or I'm going to get fit this year or I'm going to eat better, whatever it is, having a broad statement like that it's kind of tricky because, you know, if you're able to break it down into more specific areas, that's going to help you focus, right? Your word. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, is there a particular hotspot in your house that you want to organize? Do you want to deal with your paper clutter? Is there a specific, you know, area that you want to focus on? So for me, where it's helpful to narrow that down is I'm, I think I mentioned this last year too, but I'm a big fan of doing a, a brain dump. Like I tend to want to do all the things all the time and have all this stuff bouncing around in my head. And I think that's kind of where it ends up being too much of a high level thing. So when I can get it all out onto the page, then I can bullet things out and start to prioritize and think about what I can realistically get done. Yeah. What about you, Lori? So I'm, I like to be people's cheerleader. So <laughs> if you want to get organized in 2020, and if you're listening to this, I'm going to say, you go, girl. You can do this. For anyone who's listening, no matter how big your challenge is, how messy, how complicated the situation, I can tell you that as a professional organizer, you probably can agree too. If you want to, you mm -hmm. can make it happen. So it's okay to have that grand vision. Get motivated. Start there. You know, it's important to be positive about this. Yeah. Now, how and when, mm -hmm. how much time you can dedicate to this, how much money and effort, that's another issue. After you have this vision, I want you to do what Kelly just said. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be repeating ourselves over right. and over, <laughs> folks. But bear with us because the, the bottom of this is I want you to be as detailed as possible after you master your grand goal or vision, intention, you call it whatever you want. Answer questions such as, are you going to be by yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you going to hire anyone? Friends or family helping you? What areas of your house? Is it the whole house? Will you start somewhere specific because it's a hot spot, like you said, mm -hmm. maybe the kitchen or the bedroom. And then be honest about how much time you can really dedicate to this on a weekly, daily, monthly. You know, sometimes people say, oh, every day after work, I'm going to come and at six o'clock, I'm going to clutter. Not going to happen because your kids are so going to be wanting dinner. Like, it's like going to the gym after yeah, work. Right. It's never no. going to happen. So be as detailed as you can handle. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's great that we sort of echo each other because you know, like with any of these four topics that we're talking about this month. So we'll be talking about getting organized, going and working out, eating healthier and getting out of debt. You're going to hear the same sorts of things over and over again. But I feel like that just says there's no magic pill mm -hmm. for any of these things because we're all saying the same things and we've all had success doing brain dumps, figuring out our priorities, staying positive, mm -hmm. reinvesting ourselves. I think that that just says, yeah, this is what's going to work for you if you put the time and the effort in to do it. And I think that really finding that priority, like you guys said, you know, it doesn't have to be the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a pile of papers that's on your kitchen counter or if it's, you know, your bathroom vanity, anywhere that you can start, just start there live with it and then move on. I think that that's just getting started, you know, just pick right. a spot. It doesn't have to be everywhere all at once. It can just be picking that spot. But often we like to bite off more than we can chew, uh -huh. you know, like <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to run a marathon this year. And then life's <laughs> like, you got pneumonia. <laughs> so when people want to bite off more than they can chew, I think that it's good to hear from professionals, maybe some cautions about how you can start maybe a little bit slower so that you can be more successful. Because I feel like if you start too big and then you fail, 
you're much less likely to go back to it. So Lori, what is sort of your suggestion in easing yourself into a project? I think this point is so true. I think it's one of the number one reasons why people give up, mm-hmm. honestly. They bite off more than they can chew. And it's happened to probably us too. I mean, oh, for we're, sure. we're not immune to this, you know? You go to the gym January 1st, it's packed. Why? It's not the same thing. I mean, we're two weeks away from (laughs) Quitter's Day. Day. Right. So what happens is that they get motivated, they get all pumped and hyped, and, you know, everybody's doing something. It's trendy. You think you should. So people embark on this without a real plan or without a real vision of what they want to do. So before you embark on anything, I want you to ask yourself, why? Why do you want to do this? You know, is this the right time in your life to take this on? It's not always. You know, the answer is not always going to be yes, and that is okay. Um, another tip I want to give is don't take more than, don't take more than you can handle. People want to get in shape. They want to switch careers. They want to give up sugar. Hello. <laughs> they want to travel. They want to improve their relationships. They want to do everything, and they want to do it in January. Well, guess what? Yeah. Most of us, if not all of us, cannot take all of that and still be decent, loving parents and human mm-hmm. beings. So pick your goals. Give them a proper time to get used to them or to give them a chance of succeeding, and then you can add or subtract from it. Another tip is keep your step measurable and accountable. You know, it's okay to have the grand vision. Yes, I want to get in shape, but it doesn't mean anything to me on a daily basis. Right. What means something to me is go to Zumba class once a week. That's something that I can measure. It has a time limit. It has something specific that I can trace myself. Did I do it or did I not do it? Yeah. Get organized. means nothing to people. Right. So be specific about it. Again, we're going to go with a small measurable steps that all of us can relate to. Declutter your kitchen two hours every weekend Mm -hmm. for January. So go as small as you need to go and add to it. The last thing is, and this is very important, set yourself up for success. You know, I'm going to... Bring back sugar because that's very dear to my heart. <laughs> if, you're, if you're craving sugar, if you have a problem with it, don't keep two tons of candy in right. your pantry. For sure. That's if you want to get in shape, great. But don't follow that class at 5 a.m. in the morning if you're not a morning person. So don't do the things that you honestly are not going to keep up. I'm not a morning person. I would go for three weeks and stop. Right. So be honest with yourself and set yourself up for success. Work with the habits that you kind of already have in place, essentially. You know, like just because you want to get in shape doesn't mean you have to completely change your routine. You just find a way to work with the schedule that you already have and get in shape or, you know, those kinds of things. All right, Kelly, what is your recommendation for sort of easing your way into this goal of getting organized? So I think specifically to organizing, um, I love what Lori said about making it measurable and also keeping it small. So I would, I guess, give a tip that if your goal is to get organized in 2020, start with something simple that's not going to require a ton of decision making. Um, Something like a junk drawer or, you know, maybe your bathroom cabinet or even your pantry. I think there's just not a lot of emotional heft behind a lot of the clutter that accumulates in those spots. So um, tackle one of those at a time and use that to build motivation to to lead up to some of the bigger stuff like maybe the keepsakes that you haven't looked at in 10 years or whatever it is so um you know it's important to give yourself that confidence to continue to move on to more time consuming 
more invested projects, I think. Yeah, because I think that if you start with the box of kids' papers <laughs> and it takes you all month to right. do or you don't get through it You're or done it gets for the year. <laughs> then you give up. And so, you know, really, that's such a great tip to start what is, is least emotional for you and that could be different for everyone like I can clean out my closet like nobody's business because mm-hmm. I don't care about clothes right. but like my kids artwork is like stressful for me to go through so I would not start with my kids artwork or photographs or things like that right. I would definitely start like in a kitchen so I think that that's a really great tip start slow maybe even look at the 12 months and pick 12 different projects mm-hmm. you know just that's sort of like ease into the 12 things that are on that brain dump list mm-hmm. that Kelly said to make and the thing is is it, you might not get your whole house done in a year, but if you get 12 spaces done and maintained, you are light years ahead of where you were mm-hmm. in 2019. Absolutely. So yeah. they call those successes. So, But January 17th, as Lori mentioned, is <laughs> Quitter's Day. And that is when most people have already given up their New Year's resolutions, which is crazy to me because that's like less than three weeks into the new year. So if people are feeling overwhelmed or defeated or they're ready to throw the towel in, what is some sort of encouragement that you would give them to stay the course or to keep working towards their goal or to reinvest in something? What do you think, Kelly? Um, I think Lori actually hit this on the head earlier where she said, remember your why. Remember what it was that prompted you to make that statement that this is the year that you're going to get organized was it a feeling was it a particular spot in your house that just like constantly stresses you out and you don't want to <laughs> have that anymore um so I think that that's something that's really important is to to go back to the root of kind of what led you to that in the first place as far as like continuing to push through some feelings of overwhelm or wanting to give up, um, I'm really big on, like if you're a visual person, I love having like a Pinterest board or a vision board or something that you can go back to, to remember kind of that ideal that you're personally shooting for. Even sometimes taking your own before pictures and going back to those and looking at the progress that you've made, even if it may not seem like a lot in a given moment, revisiting that I think can be helpful. And I also think you know, not to underestimate little rewards, um, <laughs> clutter-free <laughs> rewards, but you know, something like treating yourself to a Starbucks or some fresh flowers or something like that. If you've gone through like a particular decluttering session that felt like it was a lot or that you kind of weren't as excited about, but wanted to get done. So keeping yourself motivated that yeah, way. Yeah. I think that that's a great tip. What about you, Lori? I'm with her, you know, she hit it on the end. I mean, we talked about it last year too. First of all, I want to mention that if this happens to you, you're at the spot where you want to give up, mm-hmm. you're not alone. Right. There's billions of people that go through this, <laughs> have gone before, it will happen again. It's 80% very human. Of people. <laughs> right. and, and let me tell you why. Here's the deal. Our brains are wired to not want challenging or difficult things. Our brains are designed to want easy, to preserve energy and effort. So anything new that requires you to make a resolution is different. It's a challenge. So your body and your mind are going to fight it. And that's okay. Now, what do you do at that point? You go back to your vision board. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you wrote down your goals somewhere where it's easy access. You can, you know, I love posting them on the wall because I don't like to open my phone so that I'm lost for three hours. Right. Your vision board, whether it's digital or physical, you know, something to motivate you. Go and talk to your support person, your coach, your friend, your mom, your uh, trainer, your organizer. 
anybody can, who can sprinkle a little bit of positivity and get you through over that hump. You know, reward yourself. Mm -hmm. I bought myself new sneakers last night and used them at Zumba class yeah. this morning. Yeah. So it's okay. I can't believe we're telling people to buy stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> something. it's for a good cause. Right. No, so, and I think that too, buying stuff, like it's fine. If it's a motivation for you, like if your motivation to clean out your closet is that you're paring down to what you absolutely love and think that makes you feel beautiful. If you get rid of 20 items that you don't love and you don't feel beautiful in and you reward yourself with buying something that does make absolutely. you feel beautiful, and that is I'm okay. 100% behind right. buying that right. there. You know, like it's not always about like not having the stuff in your house. It's about having the stuff that you love and that make you feel good or that you actually need and use. So I think that, you know, that's totally fine. That's great that, that you got new shoes and it motivated you towards your goal. Yes, and I loved it. <laughs> but, you know, and I think that you said, Lori, and, and to some extent what you said, Kelly, is the idea of writing it down or creating a vision board. So one thing that I've been doing in some of the mindset work that I've been doing is writing every day sort of like things that motivate me or um, a reminder of why I've made certain changes in my life and the goals that I have. And I think that even just writing those things, I write them like three times in the morning when I first wake up to remind myself of this is the path that I'm on. And physically the act of writing it really sort of cements in my head. I am headed someplace very positive and these steps that I'm taking, even though they might be painful or challenging or this feel like they're time consuming, right. this is why I'm doing it. So I think that that's a really great way to remind yourself on a daily or on a weekly basis of the why that you want to get organized. You want to have a cleaner space. You want to have less fights with your children or with your spouse. You want to feel like that you're surrounded by things that you love. These are all great reasons to get organized and really focus on those things. All right, we had a couple questions come through in the Facebook group that I want to give you guys. And so Kristen said, the thing that's killing me with toy organizing is that nothing looks good or works well. I'm purging a whole bunch of toys, but it just feels hopeless. I just want to use a bunch of plastic containers and put like things together, but we have no closets and limited basement space. And even if I go this route, I have two different ages of kids, so on and so forth. So she says, other than give up and start over in a newer, bigger house, <laughs> what <laughs> can I do to control the toy clutter? So Lori, what would be a suggestion that you have where she doesn't really have space for organizing things, but she's tired of the toy clutter? Without having seen it, it's, it's like a, a blank. But, mm -hmm. you know, right. some suggestion is some people mentioned toy rotations. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there's too much out there to be had at once. And putting a portion of it away. Actually, kids love it, honestly. Mm -hmm. right. I, it's as like a Christmas. Three, I know. <laughs> Anytime you pull something out and they haven't seen it for like four months, they get very excited about it. Maybe that's an option. I don't know. But also, uh, maybe they're not utilizing their wall space very well. Maybe right. just some removable shelves, you know, some any wire shelves, any simple bins. Matching bins, believe it or not, and I know that I'm advocating for buying more, <laughs> but sometimes it, it makes it um, so uniform and it makes it so that you don't read you know you don't read it as clutter at a right. certain point so mm -hmm. it's not a loss if you do invest into some sort of matching storage right and just that visual line mm -hmm. I think right. sometimes of like seeing the bins even if they're filled to the top with mismatched toys right. at least visually at night when you pick everything up it's gonna look you know a little less chaotic <laughs> and then you won't know until you try something right I mean, you just got to keep trying you can't give up right there's so many different options and there's no one-size-fits-all method so what about you Kelly what um, is your I suggestion? would say purge again um, <laughs> always probably. purge you can always purge more <laughs> it can't hurt um, but I totally agree with Lori I think that the more toys that kids have 
the less involved they are. They actually are, um, they have more choices and more freedom when they have fewer things to play with. They're not overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that they have. So um, that's, I guess, my first tip is to do another purge. You're doing great. (laughs) Um, But also, I think, to your point, some sort of wall unit. um, Ikea actually makes, it's one of my favorite units for kids' stuff. It's called the Trofast unit, and it's super customizable. They have a wall unit, and it's basically drawers that pull out that, to your point, Christy, they, they kind of hide the clutter at the end of the day. You can throw the stuff in there and it gives a nice uniform look where visually you, you aren't feeling like things are just all over the place and scattered everywhere. And they're kid height. They're super kid friendly. So they kind of can get a little bit more invested in pickup time and, and making sure things get to where they belong. And they're nice too, because if you've got them in a playroom, they come in like fun, bright right, kid colors. Right. But if you've got it in a living room, you can get it in like white yep. and it's going to kind of fade into the background of the decor. So, mm-hmm. and my tips when it comes to this is when you're looking at purchasing or bringing toys into your house, stop bringing the giant toys into your house, people. Because so many times... Sometimes they get gifted. Sometimes when people are... when they're So often when they're complaining about the toys is that they've got like a drum set and a Barbie dream house and a giant Hot Wheels tower. And they're like, I want a container to put these in. I'm like, outside of a spare bedroom, there's no place to put this. So, you know, you have to make a decision about like, is it more important that my kid plays with this toy? And then it's just, you're just going to have to have it out there. Or that you say, you know what, this is going to go live at grandma's house, or this is going to go live in the garage and we're only going to play with it outside in the summer, or it's going to go in the basement into a play area. But you have the power to regulate what comes so into your true. house. And even if they get gifted, you can it can stay at grandma's, it can stay at aunt and uncle's house, or you can just be very clear with relatives, like we only have a limited amount of space. Exactly. So that's the biggest thing is like exactly. things like play kitchens and that those are the giant toys that I feel like they can't go right. anywhere. And so they're very frustrating when you see them in the room. And the other thing that I want to say, Kristen, is it goes so fast. Mm-hmm. And as a mom who is on her way out of the toy phase, it will be done soon. And I know you've got a two-year-old, so it seems like it's going to be forever. That's but I'm bulky stage. Yeah, two there's like... a lot of bulky toys at two. <laughs> but, like, we we barely have any toys in our main right. living spaces anymore. And so while it may seem, like, so overwhelming right now, it will be so soon that you will reclaim your space again. So yep. don't don't worry too much about it. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy the mess because soon you might miss it, actually. Mm-hmm. So, all right. One more question from Facebook, and this is from Dawn. And she says, I need a desk and paperwork organizing tip that goes beyond sort the mail when it comes in. We're a family of nine. Four of us have chronic health issues. So in addition to running a busy household, I'm a part-time healthcare paper manager. How can I organize my desktop in a way that keeps it looking nice until my once a week or every other week desk day? Kelly. What jumps out at me right away with that is vertical files. Some some sort of use of vertical space and they make those really great units, I guess, basically now. And I would actually do probably one for just for your health and medical documents and one for more like general family ones. You could have a slot for each family member, so you probably would need two of those. But um, you know, lining those up all together to kind of minimize the space that they're taking up on your desktop. But I think the biggest thing is giving those items a home so that you're not just accumulating piles of paper on your kitchen counter or on the desk or wherever. Um, And then to your point, you know, you can go through them by individual category once a week or, you know, as you have time or whatever it is and make sure that you're only keeping 
things that you really need. Go digital as much as possible, I would say, is another big thing. But um, I think that vertical space on a desktop is, is pretty key sometimes. And when you say vertical, you mean like the wall hanging units? Yeah, that like, would be a, like, like a... either like a wall unit with like slots for different files, or they even make ones that sit actually like on the desktop at, itself that you could put like different file folders yep. in. What comes to mind when you say that is like the magazine at mm-hmm. the doctor's office so yeah. if you had yes. something like that where you could put file exactly. folders and label them for either each family mm-hmm. or each maybe healthcare provider that would be right. coming in so that as the paperwork comes in it can have a place to go where you'll know where to get it when you want to deal right. with it and it'll help kind of keep that desk yes. space yeah. yeah what about you Lori? I said that up very often actually I wish I could show a picture right yeah. now you can I, send me a I, picture I, and I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> no seriously we do that a lot especially with bigger families, mm-hmm. you know, more than three people or so, active families with kids in school who have incoming papers the whole time. You know, we talk about the paper monster all the time. I want uh, the uh, I want you to think of the life, life cycle of paper in your mm-hmm. house. Oftentimes we think when we talk about paper, it's paper that lives in your uh, desk or in the filing cabinet. Sometimes people, they're missing components of catching this in different phases. When it comes in, you don't have time to go and file it or right, process right. it right away. I know I don't. I have dinner to make. Kids are crying. You know, somebody's busy. So you need a place to catch it. You, uh, if possible, have some uh, waste basket there, you know, like a trash can where you can throw your junk mail right away. That's an mm-hmm. easy thing to do. It takes a couple of seconds, but the rest of it, you need a holding spot, like a tray, or if you only do it once a week, you need something bigger to hold it until you're ready to process it. And then you can separate it into Kelly's mailbox, Lori's mailbox, Christie's mailbox. We do that at our house. My husband never has to ask me where's this statement or that statement. It it's goes in his into mailbox. his, mm-hmm. and once that's full, it's a visual cue. Yes. Whether you want to or not, I process mine more often. But his cue is when it when he can't stuff anymore. <laughs> right. So it cuts down on that, you know, lost papers and stuff. Uh, right. You can split it, like Kelly said, into medical. You can have different color files for the medical. So you can do, the sky's the limit with paper. Mm-hmm. You just have to set up that system so that when you're done paying it, processing it, then it lives into either the trash can, the shredder, or the filing cabinet. Right. So you got to think of all of those three. Yeah, so I think that, you know, it's sort of like that idea of, and I know she said not just sorting it when it comes in sort of thing, but it's like going like one step. It doesn't have to be that you like sit down and pay the bill right at right. that minute, but it's like one step further to sort of tame that mess that's on your on your desk. It's giving it a home so that it makes it even easier to process. And it may cut down on that desk day that you have mm-hmm. because you know that this folder right here is all stuff that needs to be paid. Exactly. And this is all stuff that you need to call the insurance company about. And this is all stuff that can just be filed. You know, it's an explanation of benefits or something like that that can be filed. And I think that one thing that I would add to what you guys have already said is maybe one day a week or every two weeks isn't enough or maybe what mm-hmm. it should be instead of just one time where I know that sometimes if I save up a task and I try to do it like once every two weeks or something like that, it feels overwhelming or I feel like I'm a little more behind. But if I can do it twice a week Mm -hmm. and spend less time doing it, I don't feel like it takes as long. It may take me two hours if I wait to do it two weeks, but it may take me a half hour a week if I kind of stay on top of it a little bit. So if instead of just looking at tackling your desk you know, getting the whole thing completely clear once every two weeks. Instead, you take 15 minutes twice a week and try to tackle it and stay a little bit ahead of it like that. I think that that could potentially be helpful too. So, all right. I think those are all really great tips. All right. So final question. 
is there anything that you are looking to organize or resolve to do more or less of in 2020? Let's start with Kelly. Um, so I had to go pull my much cooler younger sister who's 21 she wanted to do that decade challenge where she needed a picture of herself from 2009 and was asking if I had any so I went onto our external hard drive to try and find something and I was like appalled at (laughs) pictures that we are still storing on there and I feel like I say this every year but 2020 is the year year that we finally do something about our digital photo organization it's it's driving me nuts. And it's because we have these external hard drives, it's so easy to just back up and put yeah. it back in the drawer and then you're done. They'll hold like a million photographs. Yeah. <laughs> so I have set a goal to, I'm going to just start with one hour per month <laughs> for now, just like sprinkling it in here and there. Um, it's amazing. I think even what like 10 minutes at a time can do when you're looking at photos like mm-hmm. that, because even just sitting there that day, I wanted to do it for like three hours <laughs> and get so much of this off. So I would say that's the one thing that I'm um going to hopefully organize in 2020 and then as far as something that I'm going to do more of I would love to continue with the time blocking and kind of the um, intentional scheduling that I worked on last year because it did serve me really well and I think I've got a good system down so nice All right, Lori. All right, well, we, we don't set resolutions, right? <laughs> I don't, no, you know, not in not in the traditional sense, but um, I don't even have a word this year, believe it or not. Um, I'm going to share something. <laughs> yeah, it's, I have a huge list, and I'm going to take my own advice and not tackle all of them at once. So I'm going to start with a few. I started back in December just because I can't start on the whole January 1st <laughs> ordeal. You know, I have to be different, but I started back with the fitness and stuff. I'm going to share something and it's going to sound strange to some people. I heard it on another blogger's um, website and her social media and it hit home for me. She said, this year is the year of the body. <laughs> Last year was the year of the business. And I'm like, this is me. Oh. And I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, bear with me. No judgment, people, but it's not out of vanity. It's, um, I feel like I'm at, at a point in my life where I have a lot of things figured out. You know, our family life is at a good point. Our kids are doing well. We're healthy. You know, we have a good balance between the travel, our relatives, you know, professionally, we've invested in ourselves emotionally. The only area that I feel that I could do more and I keep thinking about it is my exterior. And you're going to laugh at me, but it's like my bikini body never happened. (laughs) And I want to make that happen. (laughs) And it's like, I want my exterior to match my interior. It's kind of crazy. But she said that I'm like, this is it. I want to. And I want to really give it a shot. So hold me accountable. (laughs) Hopefully we get to do this back again in 2021. And then maybe I'll have a six pack. Maybe I won't. We're going to stay (laughs) tuned for January of 2021 when I have pictures of Lori in her bikini. They'll be be on Instagram. (laughs) Showing off. But professionally, (laughs) I can't believe I just shared that. But uh, professionally, no. There's another thing that I want to get done. Um, And I've had that goal since 2016 when I launched the business. And I want to take the CPO exam and become a certified professional organizer. So hopefully I get to. And it's very cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I think that you've got it in the bag. I have no doubt about that. And so... And you know, so my goals for the year, I actually haven't like set a lot of solid goals. I've been just doing a lot of work on just the here and the now. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really my goal. When I really sit down and think about it, I think I get very overwhelmed and sort of start to shut down if I feel like I'm not meeting my goals. So my goal is to stay present. 
and to focus and to work on the thing that I'm working on right now and not worry about working on the other things. So we'll see if that sticks to it. No, here <laughs> and now sounds beautiful. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a future person. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking to the next thing and the next, and I, I really need to sort of focus on the things that I have here in the present. So I think that, that we'll, we'll see where that takes us this year. Well, ladies, it's always so nice to get together with you, and I Likewise. can't wait till we get together next year and talk about all this again. So thank you very much. Thank you, and Happy New Year, everybody. Yay, happy New Year. Thank you so much to Kelly and Lori for carving out some time to help me kick off season five of Cocktails and Containers. You can find Kelly online at www.thejoyfulsort.com and on Instagram at thejoyfulsort. You can find Lori online at www.time4organizing.com and you can check out her Instagram at time4organizing. Again, the number four between time and organizing. And of course, I'll have links to their websites and social media in the show notes for this episode, which are now available at podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com. And you can search for Getting Organized to Get Organized. Let's do a quick review of Lori and Kelly's tips before we wrap up today's episode. Kelly's first step is a brain dump. She wants you to get all the ideas out of your head and onto a piece of paper so you can figure out what is a priority and where you should start. Lori suggests that you answer questions like, will you be working alone? Will you hire somebody? Can you ask a family member or friend to help you? Where are the hotspots in your home and how much time do you actually have to dedicate to working on this? When it comes to taking baby steps to improve your success, Lori suggests that you get very clear on why it is that you want to get organized. She also wants you to make the goal measurable by doing things like putting an activity on a calendar so that you can see that you're taking steps to reach your goal. Also, work with the habits that you already have in place rather than reinventing the wheel. Kelly recommends starting with something very simple that you're not emotionally attached to, like a junk drawer or a medicine cabinet. By starting small, this will help you feel accomplished and help you build confidence towards moving into those tougher, more emotional organizing projects. To avoid Quitter's Day on January 17th, Kelly suggests that you remember why it is that you said you were going to get organized this year. Create a phrase or a vision board that you use to regularly remind yourself of your inspiration and your why. Post it someplace that you can see it, write it down every day, and revisit it whenever you're feeling unmotivated. Lori says to remember that you are not alone when it comes to wanting to give up. Others feel the same way that you are right now, so find a friend or a coach or a trainer or some sort of support to help give you a pep talk to keep you going and hold you accountable. Both Lori and Kelly agree that small rewards like a trip to Starbucks or a new pair of tennis shoes when you've met your month's goals can also help to keep you on track. Thank you so much for listening today and don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our January Getting Organized 2 series. 
We'll be talking with Lauren Tucker from An Organized Life, all about getting organized to get out of debt. Sally Kazemchek from Real Mom Nutrition is back to talk about getting organized to eat healthier. And next week, we'll be talking to personal trainer Allison Nelson of Live Real Fit, all about getting organized to meet your fitness goals. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And until next week, may all of your things be tidy and all of your cocktails strong. Cheers. Cheers.